Are you Mrs. Brady? asked the girl. She was searching the forbidding face before her for some sign of likeness to her mother, but found none. The cares of Elizabeth Brady's daughter had outweighed those of the mother, or else they sat upon a nature more sensitive. I am, said Mrs. Brady, imposingly. Grandmother, I am the baby you talked about in that letter, she announced, handing Mrs. Brady the letter she had written nearly eighteen years before. The woman took the envelope gingerly in the wet thumb and finger that still grasped a bit of the gingham apron. She held it at arm's length and squinted up her eyes, trying to read it without her glasses. It was some new kind of beggar, of course. She hated to touch these dirty envelopes, and this one looked old and worn. She stepped back to the parlor table where her glasses were lying, and adjusting them, began to read the letter. For the land's sakes, where'd you find this? she said, looking up suspiciously. It's against the law to open letters that ain't your own. Didn't me daughter ever get it? I wrote it to her meself. How come you buy it? Mother read it to me long ago when I was little, answered the girl, the slow hope fading from her lips as she spoke. Was everyone, was even her grandmother, going to be cold and harsh with her? Our father hide me, her heart murmured, because it had become a habit, and her listening thought caught the answer. Let not your heart be troubled. Well, who are you? said the uncordial grandmother, still puzzled. You ain't Bessie, me Bessie. For one thing, you're about as young as she was when she went off and got married, against me advice, to that drunken, lazy dude. Her brow was lowering, and she proceeded to finish the letter. I am Elizabeth, said the girl with a trembling voice. The baby you talked about in that letter. But please don't call father that. He wasn't ever bad to us. He was always good to mother, even when he was drunk. If you talk like that about him, I shall have to go away. For the land's sakes, you don't say, said Mrs. Brady, sitting down hard in astonishment on the biscuit upholstery of her best parlor chair. Now you ain't Bessie's child. Well, I am clear beat, and growed up so big. You look strong, but you're kind of thin. What makes your skin so black? Your ma never was dark, nor your pa neither. I've been riding a long way in the wind and sun and rain. For the land's sakes, as she looked through the window to the street. Not on a horse. Yes. Huh, what was your ma thinking about to let you do that? My mother is dead. There was no one left to care what I did. I had to come. There were dreadful people out there, and I was afraid. For the land sakes. That seemed the only remark that the capable Mrs. Brady could make. She looked at her new granddaughter in bewilderment, as if a strange sort of creature had suddenly laid claim to relationship. Well, I'm right glad to see you, she said stiffly, wiping her hand again on her apron and putting it out formally for a greeting. Elizabeth accepted her reception gravely and sat down. She sat down suddenly, as if her strength had given way and a great strain was at an end. As she sat down, she drooped her head back against the wall, and a gray look spread about her lips. You're tired, said the grandmother energetically. Come far this morning? No, said Elizabeth weakly. Not many miles, but I hadn't any more bread, 
I used it all up yesterday, and there wasn't much money left. I thought I could wait till I got here, but I guess I'm hungry. For the land sakes, ejaculated Mrs. Brady as she hustled out to the kitchen and clattered the frying pan onto the stove, shoving the boiler hastily aside. She came in presently with a steaming cup of tea and made the girl drink it hot and strong. Then she established her in the big rocking chair in the kitchen with a plate of appetizing things to eat and went on with her washing, punctuating every rub with a question.